Welcome to Lifeology. I am James Miller, your host and a licensed psychotherapist. I'm looking forward to spending this time with you as we learn some pretty amazing life lessons. Let's get started. Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to listen to this show. When you're done listening, I hope you take a minute and write a quick review on whichever radio or podcast platform you've heard this show. Your insights will help others to be inspired and encouraged. Today's episode is different from the usual format of the show, where I teach you a life lesson that prepares you so you have a better understanding of what my guests will be talking about. One thing I love about Lifeology is our life experiences may be completely different, but we all feel the same types of emotions. Listen to my guest story, hear the emotions that were experienced, and reflect on a time when you experienced similar emotions. In doing so, you'll start to realize that people who seem so different than us are not so different after all. I have a very special guest today, who in 2020, a life-changing event occurred, exposing a secret he held for 41 years. He was a hermaphrodite, and now his body showed, forcing him to live the true life and tell his story of struggle and achievement. Welcome to my show, Emma. Hey, how are you? It is such a pleasure to meet this version of you. I had the pleasure of actually meeting you back in 2017 uh, when I was part of uh, my Joinder Broadcasting Group. So it's a pleasure to meet this version of you, this true self of you. (laughs) The true self, yes. That's the biggest key with that. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, it's it's quite fascinating. I I told you um, just in the the pre-call was the Facebook gods connected us as soon as we connected back in 2017. But when I saw the pictures of you on the, your Facebook profile, it just, something just seemed off. And I don't say that as I'm some, you know, psychic or something, but as in my field in psychology, it's, it's easy to look at different people, how they, how comfortable they feel in themselves. And in the pictures I saw, I could tell you just didn't feel comfortable. And in that, I just noted it and filed it away for, for no, for another day, I suppose, maybe for today. <laughs> You were, you were totally right, though. I was not comfortable in myself. And mm-hmm. I had to wear big baggier clothing to hide some things. And it was, it was a struggle. Yeah, it was really a struggle. Just to explain to some people, what does a hermaphrodite, what does that mean? A hermaphrodite is, means you're born with both genitals or both reproductive systems, mm-hmm. or both. Mm-hmm. Yes. And now, they're not always, one of them is not always functioning. Is that correct? Correct. Yes. Correct. Okay. Yeah. And I, I by no means am an expert in this. I'm an expert in I'm more of an expert in psychology, but I can definitely speak more of a, on a conversational level of what this is. I do know that the intersex, um, that category is an umbrella of umbrella term for individuals who have different characteristics than the quote binary male, female, the typical, I use that word in quotes, typical, um, gender assignment when it comes to male, female. Is that correct? That's correct. Perfect. Okay. Now, individuals who do watch this, I totally butchered that. I know that. So I know you can feel free to correct me on that. I'm totally fine with that. All right. So let's talk about you, though. So for you, for 41 years, this, you had a secret. What, when you were born, what, what did your parents say? What, what happened there? You know, I really didn't know. That was the funny thing, because they've kept it really quiet, too. So mm-hmm. the thing about it was, is I didn't know until I was in about 11th grade, because oh, wow. I went into, um, I, had, I had the male genitals, but the female reproductive system I had inside. So nobody knew. Oh, and wow. and what ended up happening was I went to I went to the doctor uh, because I started having like this pain underneath my one of my nipple, mm-hmm. and I thought, oh my goodness, this could probably be cancer. So mm-hmm. I decided because I was 18 at the time. Um, I actually was 18 my junior year, believe it or not. I graduated when I was mm-hmm. 19. I didn't get held back because of grades. It just that's how it ended up when I moved down yeah. here. So um, I had a actual. Uh, insurance. I had mm-hmm. everything you can imagine. I had a job, so I went and paid for it. I didn't want to get my mom and dad upset and sure. if it was nothing. 
Well, when I went there, they took it and they said, you know, that's usually breast, breast development. So what they said, can we take a, um, a, bl a blood sample and do a, a hormone, you know, check okay. on you? Came back that I had 100% of the same levels as a biological female. Of the estrogen and progesterone, and wow. I, yes, and I shouldn't have yeah. that. Shouldn't have that at all. So what they did is they put me on a testosterone regimen mm -hmm. and that helped stop the breast development, but it also cost me my hair. It gave me a little bit of a goatee, and that's about all mm. I really ever got from it. Um, and I never had to—I never really had to shave, to tell you the truth. And um, just some other little little odds and ends that made me stick out more as a man, which made it easier in PE, of yeah, course. Yeah, of course. You know, because you have to sit there and change out. And then it was probably later that year, or even my into my senior year—I can't remember exactly when—I thought I had a bleeding ulcer, mm. and I started having that early, but I just kind of put it off because the cancer was obviously yeah. more yeah, on my mind. So. I went in, got a, uh, a sonogram or ultrasound, I can't remember which one they did, but it turned out that they found out I had a uterus and it wow. was a working uterus. Wow. So I did not have, I did not have a uh, bleeding ulcer at all, but I was losing blood. So that technically it was a functioning problem and I just had no way of expelling it. So I got very sick oh, wow. and I get very sick once a month. Wow. Wow, that's you know I'm sure some people listening here if if have never heard of something like this before, which unfortunately is it's very common in many people. Many people don't ever find out like yourself. You know, you find out later on. Some people do know, and so there there is this 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 spectrum of knowledge and of course ignorance for for many people as well. I wanted to go back. How, how was it for you just as a child? I mean, did you did you feel different than anybody else? I did completely, especially like in kindergarten. You know how we have those little sections where you do like different types of mm -hmm. activities to help stimulate your yeah. growth and stuff. Well, we had house and they always made me play the wrong roles. It's like I had to either be the father, the brother, the mm -hmm. uncle, or grandfather. So I, I didn't relate to that. I'm like, why are you putting yeah. me into this? So I would just kind of like walk away, go play by myself. Got, of course, got in trouble with teachers. Mm -hmm. You know, he's not being, yeah. you know, social and stuff. So it's like, all right, that's a problem. And then one time I came home because I always thought like a female, I acted like a female and everything. I came home and, and my, um, I told my mom that I wanted to marry my friend, Michael Beauregard. Hmm. And she goes, oh no, you can't do that. And it was right in front of my next door neighbor. So he completely was like making fun of me, hmm. kind of putting my mom on edge. And she goes, look, I don't care what you say. She goes, but you say it in the house, you don't say it outside. And uh, so then's when I real, and she goes, you gotta act like a boy. And that was really the first time I was told I was a boy. Oh, interesting. So what I did was I decided not to ever let that horrifying experience of watching my parents get humiliated and me getting humiliated. So I kind of regressed and, and became like a hermit. I was, I call it, I was hiding in plain yeah. sight. And I didn't have anybody to look out to kind of understand what a guy is about because I have a younger brother, but he's younger, yeah. you know, he wouldn't have known yet. And my dad was traveling all the time. So what I would do is I would watch other boys in school I would mimic what they liked. Mm -hmm. I would mimic what they do and how they say it. And I would make sure that I checked everything. So I didn't have like these mannerisms or I didn't say anything that would bring on that, that situation where people would be like, what's wrong with her? Yeah. Or what's wrong with him? Is he gay? Yeah. And it slipped out one time and I got severely bullied for the rest of my, chi for the rest of my childhood, really. And they were wrong, yeah. but they still bullied yeah. me to the point of, 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 major problems mm -hmm. i mean they threw i i have to wear makeup now because i have scars all the way down my face here and over here because they threw um foam insulation on me that stuff that you build with they had to scrape it off my face i lost half my eyebrows i just don't have all my eyebrows so i have to draw that in um 
I also got uh, fertilizer thrown in my face and down my mouth. So that kind of screwed up stuff. Um, I had my clothes stapled to my back. I had I was hit by a car a couple times, uh, not direct hit, but just enough to clip you with yeah. the with the mirror on purpose. So people did some horrible things, and I pretty much just avoided everybody. I didn't know who to trust. Yeah. I didn't know how I could be safe. So my idea was just shut up, do what I need to do to get out of school, mm-hmm. and just you know go on with my normal day and just don't really have any friends. Yeah. Let's talk about loneliness. How lonely were you? I mean, I can't even imagine what that was like. Very lonely because yeah. like even when I would come home, like my typical day from high school was um, I would come home. I would uh, I would go, I'd leave about 6 a.m., 7 a.m. to go to mm-hmm. school. I'd come back at two. I'd have like an hour to, to myself and then I would go to work. And of course, while I'm at school and when I'm at work, I can't I can't be myself. Mm-hmm. I can't let let my guard down. So I would come back around nine, ten o'clock at night. My mom was technically uh, working. When I got home, she was tired sleeping. So I would do my homework, and that would be my happy time, mm. I guess. I call it Emma after dark. It's kind of <laughs> but it's, it's where I just, I just let out. Yeah. I kept my sanity by doing that. I let out, and I would, just, I would, I would eat whatever I wanted to eat, yeah. didn't care, stay up as late as I, wanted, as, as I stayed up. I didn't care. Yeah. I would go out and listen to music. I didn't care. I just I had fun. You're liberated, dance. yeah. And that, yeah, so that kind of kept my, my things under control. But I didn't have any friends. I had maybe one or two friends, and that was it. And I can only say I had like maybe one really, really good friend. And the rest of them were just like, I didn't trust them. Mm-hmm. I mean, I did trust them. I liked them. But I wouldn't have never told them this type of a of secret. Course. So I, I never had sleepovers because mm-hmm. I, I couldn't do this all yeah. night. Yeah, of course. Um, I, I never had anybody over my house. I would go over there for a little bit. You know, and I would try to mimic things, and then people got annoyed because it's like, okay, I know guys like football, so I have to, I have mm. to be good in football. So I would literally bombard them with information that they didn't care oh, about. Oh, I see. You know, yeah. so then people like, oh, it, yeah, so they're like, oh, they're the weird. He's the weird one, and it's like, all right. So I just, I, I took to art, I took to mm. writing, I took to other things that would help me express myself, release my my mm. sadness and tension, but give me some type of comfort and yeah. and companionship. But my dog was great too. <laughs> exactly. Now I know you're. I know you're a photographer as well. You were on my show a couple years ago um, when we talked about that. But the photography that you've done, the diversity, uh, the diversity was it wasn't a portfolio, but the exhibit you had. You're far yeah. the cultural diversity, which is wonderful. So was, was that helpful for you too? Very helpful because what that did was it allowed me to show the world my th- my world through my eyes. Mm-hmm. So I could literally, and, and if you notice it, most of it was female and most of it was that, costumes, yeah. crazy yeah. costumes. Uh-huh. That's the stuff it. I would wear. Uh-huh. I would wear that. It, that was me mm-hmm. coming out in my, in my photos, but people just never reali- realized it. But I told stories too. Oh, and I, I, I always focused on the ugly because I always felt ugly. Mm-hmm. So I always saw that no matter how ugly something is, something has a story and there's beauty in it. You there just have is. to look. Yes. So that's what I did. And that's what I did with my with my artwork. And it always was a big hit. The most powerful picture I've ever taken was called the fallen angel. Mm. And most of my most of my uh, social media stuff is fallen angel. Um, it was my vision of myself, an angel mm. that was fallen from heaven, rejected by everybody and forced to live in, in, in isolation and pain and suffering and, and solitude. Wow. And um, when I told my mom that she really freaked out. She goes, I had no idea. And I'm like, well, that's, that's how I, I got through it. But you can still mm-hmm. see that no matter what, she's pretty. 
Yeah, you know, yeah. she's got she's got strength. She's got everything uh-huh. that she could possibly yeah. want, but she just got put in a situation beyond her control. Yeah, you know, to hear you say that, it's. I mean, I do hear all that strength. I hear all that resilience. How did you reconcile with that? Because you, to be bullied, to be treated in such a way, to be ostracized, to be cast out, all of those things. You know, to hear you talk about this, I mean, you can talk about it with such, quote, ease. And I say that respectfully because I don't know, obviously, what's going on inside of you because you're good at masking, apparently. Uh, but how is, it, how is it for you to, to sit here hearing yourself say this or tell your story? If, as a listener, how would, you, how would you hear that? Honestly, for me, it's very emotional. I, I, it was very hard for me to even get on here today because I was oh. like, I was trying to figure out, I was trying to like calm myself down. And I mm. know it's emotional. Sure. But. The one thing that I always, I could be probably one of the angriest people you'd ever meet. And I have every right, right. to be. Yes, you do. But on the other hand, I keep seeing that there's so much, there's so much good I could do mm-hmm. that I decided to take all the hate that was ever thrown my way and turn it into something positive for not only me, but the world around me. I wanted to make the world a beautiful place for, for people to live in. I wanted to just give a smile to anybody that needs it because I believe yeah. that they need to see that smile. Yes. And if it makes them smile, then... I, I'm here for a reason, and that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to continue spreading love and cheer, beauty, as any which way that I can push it. That's amazing. You are married. Tell me more about that. Yeah. That was tough. I um, bet. I can't I, imagine. <laughs> I honestly never had any interest in females, honestly, until I met my wife. Hmm. I never dated in school, obviously, either, yeah. um, for obvious reasons. So it was tough. And when I got out of school, I'm like, you know what? I don't go to bars. I don't go to anything. I'm never going to find anybody. And I didn't know... if. I thought that I was going to be the way I was. So I start, I trained my brain to mm-hmm. look at females and it was, um, right after school, I got married, believe it or not. I met her really? at the ice palace. Uh, I was a, I was a security guard and she was a ticket taker at the ice palace where the Tampa Bay lightning play. Oh, okay. And, um, so we, we met through that and, and I, she called me over. This is how we met at the who concert. Cause the guy was dancing on the, <laughs> the chairs and they're, they're the fold up kind right at, right on the stage. I said, you can't, you can dance or whatever you want. Just don't dance on this. You're going to get yeah. seriously hurt. Those things are heavy. Yeah. So he said, okay. So he went back. He, she did it again. He, she called me over back and forth like two or three times. The, the last time I came up there, um, what ended up happening was he had a box of, he had a bag of cocaine that fell out of his, out of his bag, oh out of his leg when he got upset and had a, and had a tantrum. So that's how I met my wife. <laughs> and, um, you know, honestly, I didn't think any of this was ever going to come out. So I was, I really played the part up good as best as I could, but it was twice as hard on me because literally I had somebody near me all the time. So the only time I got to give myself a little bit of reprieve was at like 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock at night when all my work was done and she was sleeping. Then I would come in and do my M after dark Mm -hmm. right here in this room. So it was a lot of fun and, um, it made it gave me a little bit of peace, but what was the really the worst part was when she found out what was going on. And I had to tell her, and I didn't know what oh to do. Oh my expect. gosh, Emma, I can't. Yeah, I mean, yeah. So walk me through that. So well, let me back up because you had didn't you have a yeah. didn't you have a hit to the head or something? I did. Um, I came out. My had a, I had a really sick dog, and mm-hmm. I don't believe in putting animals down because I have MS, and honestly, I should be put down too because mm-hmm. I'm suffering. But I don't. So I don't believe in that. So he was sick, and he was he was having some trouble. And I came out in the morning to to pick him up uh, out of the crib that we had him in, so he wouldn't get hurt. And I slipped on some urine from my other dog and i ca- i got a pvc pole right in the very base of my head oh my like gosh. right where the skull ends mm-hmm. and the neck comes together mm-hmm. the soft part it blew that wide open i oh hit my, my head gosh. on a on the, the the um magazine rack and then the tile floor i was out cold for a while 
I went, they said, I went to the doctor, they said I had a concussion, but they didn't think it was going to be that major. And um, it really was because what yeah. it did is it stopped the testosterone that I naturally produced from those shots. Mm. Oh. So last, it was like November 2019, I started feeling that bump again. I said, well, let's see what happens because mm. the bump on the, your chest. Yes. So the testosterone actually made my MS worse and it made me really sick. And I'm like, I don't know if I want to risk this. I got too much to live for. Yeah. So that's why I said, we'll, we'll put it out and see what happens. So um, about actually it's around this time last year is when she wow. found out. Um, she came up and gave me a hug and she said, oh, your chest is swollen. And I said, oh, yeah, that's, yeah. isn't that weird? I should probably go have that checked out. But then I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to lie to her anymore. Yeah. So we were driving. I took her to the mall. We were driving down the mall, and I wanted to tell her so bad. Oh. And as we're driving there, I kept opening up my mouth going, <gasps> and I'd laugh because it was annoying because it was right there on the tip of my tongue. I just couldn't say it, <laughs> yeah, you know? So I, I, I just blurted it all out, and she's like, you know, what? And I'm like, yeah, that's the truth. So um, she took it in stride. And yeah. I didn't know how much I was going to change. So I figured, okay, maybe just get a little bit of bump. That's the worst that can happen. I wear a shirt. Nobody's going to know. Um, but obviously, you could see I changed quite a bit. Yes. And um, I have not done any surgery. I have not taken any hormone supplements. Mm -hmm. I have not seen a doctor for this. The only thing I have on that is not real is my hair mm -hmm. uh, because I lost most of it. Yeah. So I'm hoping that there's a solution for that down the line. Mm -hmm. But this looks good. Is it a, yeah, that's great. Is it a, perma is it a permanent hair loss? Loss? Yeah, it's gonna be permanent hair loss because the the testosterone caused a DHT buildup. Oh, and the DHT is what causes the uh, yeah, yeah it causes the um, the hair to fall out. And on yeah. top of it, some of the medication I was taking for MS did the same thing. But so, did did I read that the MS the testosterone caused the MS? Did I read that correctly? It made it worse. It made it worse. I, okay. I think I Exacerbated. Had it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but unfortunately, my that's why they say you know women should not be around heavy testosterone supplements for yeah. that reason. Yeah. And I didn't, I didn't realize it, you know, and they didn't think, they didn't think anything of it either. Of course. And I already taken the testosterone after they found out, before they found out that I had a uterus. Yeah. So that's where the test, that's where the estrogen's coming. So what you're seeing is all natural. This is as natural as I can get. And um, it has changed my body quite a bit. I mean, I people could not believe it. And so I got, I got to the point where I couldn't hide it anymore. Yeah. People were asking me if, is, am I a, am I a tomboy? Uh, am I a lesbian? Um, am I a guy in general? Because they kept second guessing me on that. I'm like, yeah. you know, that's more embarrassing than this. Sure. So, uh, how do you, yeah, how, how do you define yourself now? If someone asks you, but what do you say? Just say you're Emma? I've, yeah. I, yeah, I'm Emma. I've been, yeah. I've been Emma my entire life. Yeah, you have been. Yeah. And you just couldn't see it. That yeah. was the thing. It was hidden. On, it, I only allowed people to see what I wanted them of to course. see and know. You're good at that. So, yeah. yeah. And it's not easy to do. So mm -hmm. I'm glad that I have that opportunity to um, to be the person I was supposed to be because I believe that everybody should and everybody should mm -hmm. be happy. Mm -hmm. And I was happy before. Don't get me wrong. I just was awkward, sure. you know, because I never yeah. I, I always walked. OK, I went to I went to Animal Kingdom this past weekend and I saw people looking at me and I was like, I don't know what to do here. What do I do? Yeah. You know, because I'm so used to walking, looking at my feet. Uh, and that's a, that's not that's not a fun thing to do. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when you finally look up because you, you feel good about yourself, you know, it's a wonderful feeling. But then I was like, oh, my God, people look at me. What do I do? Do I look, <laughs> do I look at them? Do I not look at them? Do I, yeah. uh, no eye contact, no eye contact, you know, type of thing. So it was a different situation. Yeah. And I have noticed that I have 
I get hit on a lot now. Good for you. I, Good for you. I don't know why I do, but um, I, I I realize that either people don't look at me, or they look at me and break their necks walking by. I don't want to sound mm. conceited like that. No, that's I get that. Not what I'm intending no, to I, do I don't at all. It just, it just but good for you, though. That's great to go from a place where people bullied you to now people are looking at you in a different way. That's wonderful. Yeah. I, I know my listeners are going to ask, um, what did your parents say? Believe it or not, my parents were the, were the hardest one I did. I came up with a four-phase plan on how to do this. Oh my gosh, so if it ever came out. So what I was going to start off with by telling my closest friends because I knew I'd need that support in case mm-hmm. it, when it got to my parents, yeah. what would I do? Then I wanted to discover what it was like to put on makeup and look like me. Because mm-hmm. if I didn't look like me, I did not want to look like a um, a drag queen. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want to look like a guy in a dress. Mm-hmm. So yeah. um, that was where I was the, self ex- the, the self-exploratory. And then I went to the point where I was telling more and more people, more, more and more friends, people that I wanted in my life, but um, and people that I didn't care if they stayed or not either. Sure. But they weren't my closest, you know, confidant mm-hmm. people. The last was was my, was my parents at the end of stage three, and then stage four is going to be myself completely. Wow. So um, I technically I wanted to have my birthday uh, last year as my stage four, um, but it didn't work out like that. So I'm technically in my stage four now, getting used to things. And this is what I'm finding about other things like driver's licenses, bathrooms, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, important yeah, exactly. stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, of course. But my parents, um, they really shocked me because I really thought they were going to reject me from mm. the get go. So I was scared, and it was at I went to Orlando um, about four or five weeks ago, and I was I, I wanted to re, I wanted my my wife to see the real me. So it was just me the entire weekend. And when I got back, I didn't realize how miserable I was, and I, I could mm. not believe that I put myself through that because I didn't know what the other side felt like. Oh. So I came back and I'm like, oh, I can't do this. This is no yeah. way I could do this. So I, that gave me the courage to talk to my mom and my dad, and they said, wow. They said I loved you then. I loved you now and I will always love you no matter what. And that was so important to hear. Wow. Yes. It's ridiculous. Oh and my gosh, yeah, I, I understand. They're they're upset that I didn't tell them about all this stuff. You know, they're like you really should have come and talked to me and I'm like, well, how do how do you tell somebody like that? I'm yeah. like, I didn't know if you were going to reject me as a kid and I needed you. Mm-hmm. And they said, why weren't why weren't we the first ones to know? I said because I didn't want to lose you. Yeah. I was ready to lose you at that point if that was the case, mm-hmm. but I was never ready to lose you before. Yeah, you would take what you could get from them based on what they knew about you, and that was, quote, good yeah. enough. Or, and then the thought of losing that was, was too devastating. I understand that. It was. Yeah. It was. And, yeah. and I'm glad that I did because my dad's having a little bit of a hard time with it. I'm not mm-hmm. going to lie. Yeah. My dad went on my Facebook page and seeing all the guys hitting on me, and he's starting to get into <laughs> that defensive daughter-dad yeah. type of thing. That's awesome. <laughs> so. He's having a little bit of a harder time with it than my mom, but my mom is really cool with it. Now, I have not shown them myself, as you see here. They've seen a picture of me, but they've never met me like this in person. Really? And I'm just trying trying to move in slowly so I don't shock anybody. And that was the key to all of this, was going slow and planning Mm -hmm. it out because I didn't want to hurt anybody. I didn't want to freak anybody out. I care about too many people and if mm. I hurt people I would I would be devastated. Yeah. So my my thing is slow and steady wins the race. Yes. And I think that's the thing with so many people who who are different from the norm and I said norm uh, in quotes of course. Uh, people who are gay, people who are trans, people who are like mm-hmm. yourself that's they never want to hurt anybody. They're they're and they're usually very very loving people. And so when they do eventually come out, so many people can become angry with them, but a lot of the times that anger is really more the defense of 
we're feeling this, but there's so many other feelings we have, but anger is the easiest one to identify. The anger is the easiest one to feel because the other ones are too, too emotional. And so that's something I want my listeners to know that if you have anybody who is, who does tell you a secret like this, that is not because they didn't want you to know it's because they wanted you to know, but they didn't know how to tell you. That's exactly right. I mean, that, that is, you hit, you hit the key on the, the nail on the head with that one, turn the key in the lock. I mean, you got it. I mean, I, I didn't want to be a freak yeah. and I felt like I was going to be that freak. So I had to gain confidence in myself, which took a long time. You know, I consider what I did was like, I had shackles on my arms and on my, and on my ankles and I was locked inside of a prison. And I did that to myself to protect mm. me and my family. Yeah. Um, you know, 78, 89, 78 to 83 is a tough time. Yeah. You know, this was not accepted. Yeah. And even, even when I was in high school it was not accepted. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I locked myself away in a prison and I just could not understand that the real me was not good enough to be accepted or loved. And so that was hard. But when my friend came over and saw me without makeup and said, holy crap, I can't believe that you, she didn't know it was me. Hmm. Um, that broke one of those chains. And then oh, when wow. my wife saw me, that broke the other chain. And then when my other friends came over there and saw me, that broke that chain. And then when I was, when I went outside to Orlando, I had the freedom. I had my wings. Nothing was going to keep me down. I was ready to soar to the, to the moon and be and be myself. And um, then when I told my parents, I got out of my jail. And I, I believe that the truth is the best, yes, no matter is. what happens. Yes, you got to tell the truth, even if it hurts. Mm-hmm. You know, I think I think the only way that I could I could do it was just to go up to somebody, tell them what it was, put my hands to the side so I'm not showing any form of of, of restraint, and let them have what they were going to say to me. And that's okay. You know, I, they, they have a right to feel angry. They have a right to feel sad. They have a right to feel anything. Um, so I listened to them and I just said, look, I understand you could be upset. I can understand if you don't ever want to speak to me again. I can understand if you want to be my best friend. I can understand if you want to punch me in the face, but whatever it is, talk to me because I want to fix it. I want to make it better for you. And that's one thing, and I'm, I'm so glad to hear that people have accepted you. And hopefully people are saying that to you as well. What can we do to support you? I'm sure your support group is really thriving to, or really excited to be able to be around you and help you in any way that they can. Well, I got, I got about five, six people, and some of my regular friends, too, are really supportive of it. Um, the best thing I could tell anybody is just don't make, a, don't make an issue of it. I'm a person. I'm not a label. Um, that's right. You know, I, I have, I have, an, I have a, a, a condition. But that doesn't make me any less of a person, and I won't right. treat anybody else so any anybody else differently than I would want to be treated myself. Right. So you know, don't focus on what I'm what I'm doing. If I bring it up to you or you have had question, of course I'll talk about it. I'll tell you anything you mm-hmm. want to know. Um, I'm not going to hide that. But don't make it a focal point every time we we see together. You know, yeah. if I want to go to the if I want to go to the mall with you and go shopping, let's go shopping. Let's not talk about what I'm going through. Sure. Exactly. Um, I want normal. Normalize it. Want, yeah, normalize it. Yeah, that's, I want that's because it is normal. It's totally normal. Yeah. And see, I don't have the ability to get pregnant anymore. I have no ability. I've never been the prom queen or homecoming queen because I was never I could never be nominated. I was never asked out by by a guy and brought to a dance. Um I never had I never had the experiences that every other girl has, like slumber mm-hmm. parties and mm-hmm. going to the mall and going to the spa with each other and doing mm-hmm. stuff like that. I don't have that. Yeah, you have the whole future for that. Exactly. So now that I'm able to do that, that's what I want to focus on. And, yeah. and that's what I want to do is I want to recapture the things that I couldn't and forget the things that 
I was denied and still can't have. Wonderful. No regrets. Well, yeah, no regrets. No regrets. Yes. Emma Doubt, it has been an absolute pleasure having you on my show today. If my listeners want to find out more information about you and to maybe follow you on Instagram or any other thing you're doing, where would they find this information online? Uh, Instagram is Fallen Angel M. And um, a Facebook, you could just look up uh, Emma Lynn Dowd. Uh, you can go to Emma's uh, Diaries. Uh, it's plural. Uh, I screwed up the URL with that. So it's pluraldiaries.com. <laughs> and that has all my links. And I put up stuff that I talk about and, stu- and, and some tips that I've learned from other, other women along the way about makeup and, you know, things I review and stuff like that. So it's pretty awesome. fun. So I try, to keep every, I try to keep everything going. Wonderful. Well, thank you, Emma. I really appreciate it talking with you today. Absolutely. Would love to talk to anybody that, has, that needs me. Excellent. Thank you. I also want to thank you, my listener, for tuning in today. Please subscribe to this radio show through whichever portal you join me today. Also, please go to my website where you may sign up for the free weekly recap, watch my YouTube episodes, read the articles I've written specifically for you, and purchase my previous guests' self-help products. If you'd like to work with me, be a guest on or advertise on this show, visit jamesmillerlifeology.com. Be sure to follow me on all social media platforms under the name James Miller Lifeology, except for Twitter, which is James M. Lifeology. Once again, thank you so much for your support, and I'll talk to you soon.